0: Hello and welcome to episode 373 of the Keto Diet Podcast. My name is Liam Vogel, and I am so excited to have you here today. We're going to be talking about preventative living practices and how to structure your keto diet and just your overall health and wellness strategies with prevention in mind, while not getting totally disordered with all of it. Um, having been in this space for a long time and worked with many many people. And myself included, sometimes I have to work with myself also, of just trying to navigate a dedication to self with not going completely over to the other side and having it overtake your entire life. So we're really getting into that today. Our guest today is Tori Borelli, who's an integrative holistic nutritionist, published author, chef, consultant, recipe creator, and wellness expert based in sunny San Diego. Tori is the author of the Mexican Keto Cookbook, the first cookbook to feature ketogenic recipes with traditional Mexican flavors and ingredients. Her website is thevitawell.com. so you can go check her out there. I'm so thrilled that you're hanging out with us today, so without further ado, let's cut over to today's episode. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to healthshedown.com healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, Tori. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad you're on the show here with me today.
1: I know. I'm sorry for lagging, but we did it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we made it happen. We've been planning this for months. It feels like
1: (laughs) been months, actually, the longest, slowest months ever. (laughs) Seriously, it's
0: like it never ends. But it's like good to like take a pause and assess new things. And I'm so glad with this pause, I've been able to actually interview people, and it's been really nice to just sit with another human and have a conversation.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I mean, I've done a couple podcasts. And you know, your the format that you had before was, a, I was a little bit intimidated to do it by myself, just because I felt like I couldn't be as engaging as like people would want to listen, like people want real time. So I'm glad this worked out.
0: <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, okay, so I have to know, first off, for people that don't know who you are, I'd love for you to share um, the ins and outs. I know I shared your official bio, but I always like people to introduce themselves to. And I love to know how you feel. Found keto because I love hearing like people's keto origin stories.
1: Okay. So I, it's interesting because like as a nutritionist, like you, I mean, personally, because of my just health struggles and battles and things that I've just always am looking for the next thing or what's going to make me feel better. And I'm the kind of person that I will never tell anybody to do something unless I've done it. So I've done everything literally (laughs) from a cleanse to, you know, being vegan to paleo, whatever. So I started eating a high fat about probably six or seven years ago. I had just gone down to nutrition school and was working for a doctor and, um, he was a cardiologist and he was kind of anti, and I was like really into it. And I, so I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to try this out. And the first thing for me was that like I did was not hungry and you know, like, I don't know, I, I always had a fast metabolism, I'm always was like, very active. And so I always was constantly eating, of course, healthy food, but it's like, I always felt like it was like, I was always having a snack and all these things. And eating keto what like, kind of the, all of those things went away. And so um, I would say, just like, that i started just experimenting with it and then um bulletproof actually came into my life i started doing consulting for them and getting a lot of free product and so i started doing the bulletproof coffee and it with intermittent fasting and so i just kind of was hooked and then sharing it with people and seeing you know how they were doing it and of course i don't think that you know you need to do it all the time like 100 percent of the time but for me um, and most people especially women you're going to feel so much better just eating a higher fat diet altogether. It doesn't have to be necessarily quote unquote keto. I love (laughs) that you mentioned
0: that. I had something, you know, as you've been doing keto for a while, because you said what, six years?
1: Probably like, yeah, probably. I'm really bad at time, but I think probably. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Definitely over, yeah, probably like six or seven years for sure.
0: Yeah. So I know like with my experience, when I first started keto, it was like, okay, I have to do it exactly like this. And I did it exactly. You did the same thing.
1: Like were you super into logging?
0: Yeah. Like logging everything, tracking everything, weighing everything. And it made me go crazy. Like I was insane about I remember having a complete meltdown because I had weighed my broccoli, but I couldn't remember if I weighed it before I cut it or I weighed it before I wet it. Like I cleaned Uh, it and then I was worried and I had a complete anxiety attack.
1: I'm actually glad that you said that because, um, I, I know that I'm probably jumping way ahead right now, but like in my book, in the beginning, I write about, you know, logging your food and how it had such a mental, it was a mental crutch for me. And it really kind of made me obsessed with food. And I mean, obsessed with food in a negative way and like weighing and and calculating and logging. Like I do think that for some of my clients, they have no idea where calories are coming from. And so logging is like a very eye-opening thing, but for preventative living and just for overall, like healthy eating, logging your food is, is kind of, I mean, is very, um, like a struggle for the mind and, and stressful. And so I write about that in my book, and that's why I didn't include nutritional analysis for all the recipes. Like, I specifically did it for a reason. And I had people be so mean to me and give me one stars on Amazon because I didn't include nutritional um, analysis on my recipes. And it was super hard for me because it, like, really hurt my feelings. But I – it's real. Like, it's a real thing that, like, if you really need to download an app, download a free app and do it for a while. But it's not something that I, like, think that is very um, – necessary for long-term health. So I know
0: that I sat in front of the manuscript for my first book and my second book, like, should I include the nutrition information? Should I not? I mean, I had nightmares about it. Like if I do, then I'm feeding into the system. If I don't, people will be angry. And it's like, when used properly, I totally get it. If you're first starting keto, and you're new to all this, and you're like, I just need a template 100% to know the numbers is helpful. But it's like the obsession that comes for addictive personality humans, and just those with maybe a goal to lose weight, and they're listening to all this feedback on people, it can get out of hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And like, it's hard for people that have like, read everywhere like if you don't if you don't hit your macros like you'll never achieve goals and it's so not true
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so not true. But it also takes time. Like you know, women listening to this right now, maybe a couple of months or a couple of weeks into keto, we're six years. Like I'm, I just celebrated my six year anniversary last oh, month. And the the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Awesome. And so it's gonna look different. And I think the major takeaway that I took from all the book tours and meeting with women and working with them one on one was like keto starts to change our bodies and change our minds and change our life. And we still think that we need to be following the same protocol. Like, but it worked for me in July of 2014. Well, girl, you got your hormones back online. You're going to the gym every day. You're feeling great. Of course, your keto has to change to adjust for the body that you're now in. And I think people have a hard time wrapping their head around that one.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And and that's the thing with everything, right? Like the beginning, it's a learning so like a, there's a learning process and you have to figure out what works for you. And, you know, it's not just bacon wrapped in butter. And that's a big misconception as well that, that once you kind of figure out, okay, like I love these vegetables with this. And, and, you know, this is a great way for me to keep my my macros at the level that I want at the level feeling the best. But again, like, especially women for me, like I was super active um, when I was really strict doing strict keto quote unquote. And like, I needed to hit specific macros but then during my cycle I, it would totally throw me for a loop and I would feel starving and I would just have all this like negative self-talk and all this stuff and so I felt I'm gonna do a little bit more carbs and now knowing what I know like I always and I don't know if you do this with your clients or did this with your clients but had them eat a little bit more especially women during their their, their cycle have a little bit more carbs and um, they they feel better altogether um, the men don't need it as much but that was something that really worked for me and nobody really was talking about that.
0: Oh, I remember standing on the stage for KetoCon in like 2017. And this was like before carbs were accepted in keto of like <laughs> carving up. And I remember presenting and thinking people were gonna throw tomatoes at me. Like I was so scared. I almost didn't show up like four times. (laughs) Because it's scary, you know, like when you put yourself out there in that way, and I'd love to know what your experience was through that transition of like, you've started keto, you're tracking everything. um, And then at what point did you just decide, I'm gonna jump off and do my own thing? Was it like a progressive thing? And what did it feel like? I'd love to know, like, what made you shift? And and realize things needed to adjust itself?
1: I would say that listening to my body, which is something I've had a really hard time doing. And I know most women share that just because someone said that you need to do it this way is the way that I thought I needed to do it. And I'm super science brain. And um, obviously I love food. I love to cook and all those, those kinds of things, but I was really like sticking to my goals. And then I kind of like, kind of like take a mind reset and you know i would go like being really strict with being like i just wanted to be social and go out and i was single and doing all those things and it's hard to you know be strict keto when you're going out and trying to like be normal so i kind of gave myself a break and started listening to my body and i you know like i said i, I struggled with a lot of stuff dietary like just uh gut stuff and some anxiety and big hormone stuff and I read I, I can't remember what exactly there's probably a lot of books that went into it because I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm constantly listening to podcasts and reading and trying to learn better more for myself and for others but I just started doing so the first thing I did was I was doing rice and I would let it cook and I would cook it and then I'd cool it and then I'd heat it up again because I read that like the resistance to starch was actually lower carb and I felt super good with it and I'd always cook it with fat like butter MCT oil or coconut oil and so I started doing that and then like eating some sweet potatoes and you know I come from a Mexican Italian family and so my mom's side is Mexican my dad's side is Italian my dad was in the restaurant business everything we do is around revolves around food. And so when I would go to my parents' house, my dad would always be making everything from scratch. And, you know, I just would kind of like let myself eat there. And I always was so scared that I was going to feel so sick, like how I used to when I was super young and I didn't. And so I was like, maybe, maybe this is like, like you're making it worse than, than it actually is. Like if you're going to eat some carbs, like it's not going to be the end of the world. And I was actually, you know, checking my glucose. I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor, doing all those kinds of things. And really seeing that, like, two siete foods, tortillas weren't going to throw me out of ketosis. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start to like experiment more with this. And then I just, you know, use my clients and people want to feel like they can eat for a special occasion, things like that. So I would do like a five day strict thing and then let them have two days of not like, I don't like to call them cheat days because it makes this negative positive connotation with food. So I like to say like, you know, a little bit like something that you really love, or you know, cook a recipe that's fun, and and maybe not strict keto. And so, um, I would see their feedback, and they'd actually be meeting their goals and just feeling better overall um, across the board. So. I was like, there's something to this. So I kind of called it like adaptive keto is what I would say. And, you know, it was still real food. It was still, still like vegetables and, and healthy stuff. I mean, I wasn't telling me eat like white bread and stuff, but I saw for me, it felt, it felt I felt really good. And so for others, the same.
0: Yeah, that's so, that's so good. And I love that. And I think people hearing that it's really powerful of like, wait a minute, I actually don't need to follow this template. And something that you said to, um, when you were surrounded with your family, I like to think of the food that's created when I'm with family or even people that I love, you know, my chosen family um, <laughs> food that's created with love around love. And you're just sitting around the table and yeah, there are carbs and sugar, whatever, which is like, really truly being present there with your family, quote unquote, and you're surrounded by all these foods that were made with the intention of nourishing those that are loved. And I often think about that if I ever get like, it's so rare nowadays where I'm at a dinner party and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't eat anything, panic. But if I do have those like little feelings, I'm just like, all this food was created by love. I'm surrounded by love and I'm just going to let this into my body and it's going to create you know, you set the intention before you eat. And I find that that's so different than when you're sitting at home with a tub of ice cream, you've had like the worst day and you're just like pounding the ice cream. Like what I'm doing is so wrong.
1: I hate my life. I completely agree 100%. Like I I read a really interesting article back when this was all going on and and I was just doing some self-testing and it was like, if you're standing up at your desk, scarfing food, whatever that food is, and you're so stressed out, you're not even absorbing those nutrients. It could be that bowl of ice cream or it could be lettuce. Um, and so that was pretty eye-opening to me because, you know, I think I feel like women especially have this really, um, hard time with stress around food and like guilt. And I always tell people, I'm like, if you're going to feel guilty for eating that piece of pizza, don't even bother, like be like, thank your body for, you know, for being able to like, feel that yummy taste when you, when, you know, you, you are chewing that piece of pizza because you deserve it. And, um, when you can wrap your head around that, then, then I really do believe that like where you're saying, like the love that is being put in the food will go into your body. And I know that kind of sounds hippy dippy, but it's, it's so, so true. And it makes you feel so much better afterwards too.
0: Like momentously better, like Mm -hmm. so much better. And so now, you know, as a recovering human that had bulimia and anorexia and all the things, when I sit down with what I would have considered to be like binge food in the past and I really just sit with it and I like look at it and I get present and I make a beautiful plate around it and I just sit there and like really enjoy it. I find I don't eat as much because I'm fully present and I'm not feeling the shame and guilt around the food that I'm eating. Because then, you know, like if you feel shame and guilt, you're just going to want to eat more because you say you're never going to be able to have it again because this is the last time I'm going to eat pizza. I swear. Ugh.
1: I know. And I mean, I was the same as you. Like I lived so many years probably 15 years where I was like oh I don't I'm gluten-free I'm dairy-free I'm egg-free I'm nut-free I'm grain-free I'm you know and and it was like you know it it really like affected my mental state because people would be like you're making that up or that's not a real thing or you know and I was doing gluten-free before gluten-free was even like a thing you know and and it was really really a struggle because I didn't feel like I ever was normal Mm -hmm. and so transitioning out of that and being able to share that with people that are really struggling with gut stuff that you know they do a food allergy panel and it says they're allergic to everything and I'm like okay that's that's let's let's talk about this so being as hard as both of us you know had those those experiences I think it's really I try to think about it as like those I've had those experiences that I can help others now
0: completely and I think dedicating one's Purpose of like, I just want to help others. That was my biggest thing through writing books and programs and everything is like, I just want to help one woman that's struggling like I did to not struggle like I did.
1: <laughs> my exact same goal 100%. And like, that was obviously why I, I mean, you have a lot of books, but like for my first book, it was like, why do I want to do this? I kept getting that question. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I just want to help more people. And me working one on one with a client is, is that's not. I won't be able to reach as many people. And so I did build a lot of nutrition and just little tidbits of what helped me throughout my health journey. And, you know, we're still always on the health journey, but like my critical years where I wish I would have known what I know now. And I wish I could have had someone, a mentor, someone helping me because, you know, I went to endless doctors and they told me I was crazy and I was depressed and I was making it up and that I had an eating disorder and all these things and take this pill and, it was never, no one ever talked about like the nourishing, the nourishment that comes through food and, and perception. And yeah,
0: it's really a dedication to self is what I hear from you is like, I know what I'm feeling. Okay. I'm not crazy. There's something going on. And until I figure it out, like, I'm just going to keep searching and I'm going to keep uncovering. Would that be fair to say?
1: Oh yeah. 100%. And like for me, because I did love food and I come from that, that you know, the, the, both my parents just being the culture of, of food being everything and family was something that now it's like, I just want to teach people that food can taste good. Food can be nourishing and food doesn't have to hurt you because I was so scared of food because I was, every time I ate something, I was so sick and, and no one could really tell me what was going on. And, you know, I've had every label diagnosis from celiac to Crohn's to Hashimoto's, uh, you know, at 14 and all these things. And, Now I I honestly like yeah I I struggle with some things, but I do think that a lot of those things, especially like things like Lyme disease and autoimmune, are being overused because the Western medical system is just they don't have the tools. Unfortunately, they weren't they weren't taught this in medical school. So people like you and me, who have had our health challenges, but now we we understand it. Like that's why I work with a lot of doctors and naturopaths because we've teamed up to be able to help people. Um, you know, reach their goals in a different way where the doctors have look at it one way and then I look at it completely different at like the food side of it. And then we can give people the tool to, to be able to go home and do it themselves and share, hopefully share it with their families.
0: Yes, completely. You're here because you want to get a handle on your health, and if you've been keto for any amount of time, you know that glucose management is the key to burning fat. If there's too much glucose partying out in your body, it makes it that much more challenging to burn fat and generate ketones. Wearing a continuous glucose monitor, aka CGM, is the key to unlocking what's going on in your body minute to minute. You'd be amazed at how many foods you thought would have no effect on your blood sugar actually do. I was blown away at how volatile my glucose was when I first applied to CGM in 2020. I thought my diet was perfect. By seeing your glucose mapped out moment by moment, you get to see how stress, activity, and food choices make a direct impact on your health and how you feel. CGM is the number one tool I use with my clients when they're needing motivation to clean up their diet. There's nothing quite like seeing in real time what the food you just ate is doing to your body. Daily, I make better choices because I'm wearing a CGM. I started using the NutriSense CGM program in February 2022, and I've been really impressed with how easy it is to use this app. You apply the CGM to your arm, I swear it doesn't hurt, and then connect it to the NutriSense app to show you way more than your glucose level. The app displays your peak, how high your glucose spiked after the meal, stability, how much of a jump your glucose took, recovery, whether or not you recovered to your pre-meal glucose number, delta, the difference between your glucose before the meal and after the meal, and all of this data is summed up with a meal-by-meal and final daily score so you can track your progress day by day. I could go on and on and on and on about this app, but it's probably better if you just go to Nutrisense.io slash KDP and use the code KDP to get 30 dollars off any subscription plan to the cgm program and your purchase comes with one month of free support from a registered dietitian step by step they show you how to track your data understand your glucose trends log meals see the macro breakdown and so much more that's nutrisense.io slash kdp and use the code kdp for thirty dollars off You mentioned health issues. I'd love to get into what those were. Like you said that you were so sick and, um, in pain. And I'd love to kind of set the tone because I'd also love to pick your brain on inflammation and anti-inflammation and how that all ties into low carb. But I think it's helpful for us to know kind of what your symptoms were, um, and how this anti-inflammation or anti-inflammatory rather protocol really helped.
1: Yeah. So, um, It actually started from being a baby, but uh, I didn't really put any of that together until my later years. But I was a super colicky baby. Um, You know, people just say that that's normal for babies, which it's not. Um, And then I just always kind of had dealt with constipation and digestion issues. And obviously, when you're a little girl, it's like really embarrassing to tell people that you haven't went to the bathroom you know my my Mexican Catholic mom like you don't really talk about those things out loud and so I kind of just would be like I would go like seven to ten days without going to the bathroom and I was really thin but I was playing really high level soccer from the age of like thirteen and I remember so specifically like being everyone would go get bagels after soccer and I was probably thirteen and and all the girls were talking about like oh yeah like going to the bathroom and going number two and. I remember being like, oh, I don't remember. Like, I don't think I've done that this week. And one of the girls' faces, like, looked at me like I was crazy. And, at, like, till that moment, I never knew it was weird not to go to the bathroom. Like, I was like, oh, I go once a week. And people were like, what? And so, you know, my, we travel a lot to Mexico. So I definitely, um, I, I dealt with a lot of parasites. But it took about four years for me to be fully diagnosed. I had a tapeworm. And so when I was diagnosed with tape form T-form, had seen 17 doctors and every single doctor basically told me they did these like fancy lab work, but never a parasite test, never, you know, a heavy metal test, never a mold screening, none of, none of that. It was all very Western. And I was just told like, yeah, look what I was saying. Like you are bipolar, you're anorexic, you're you're making these things up. Like, Because I was like, every time I eat, I feel sick. And, you know, basically back then, I mean, still, even today, I, I just don't think that a Western doctor that you're telling, and I would like, they would prescribe me laxatives and my uh, depression medicine at 14, and all these pills they wanted me to take that would quote unquote help me go to the bathroom, which was my only symptom, is what they would say. And I found a naturopath, and she found tapeworms and all these other kinds of things going on in my body. And at that point, I was eating 5,000 calories a day, and I was. my normal weight at that time when I was like 15 was around 90 pounds and I was at 72 pounds and you know I was like very mentally screwed up because everyone at high school was telling me that I was anorexic and and I was my soccer coach wouldn't play me and so that was like very eye-opening and um you know I went from having oh and then then I got the a round of Gardasil, which has led me into a really deep path of learning about vaccines. Um, I after those shots, I was really really sick. I I leading up to that, I didn't really have a normal cycle because of my weight and because of my exercise regimen for soccer. And after that, I was having crazy crazy endometriosis, passing big chunks, and then I of just like I don't even know really really uncomfortable periods. And then I was put on like all these crazy birth controls and hormone pills to like stop my period. And, um, you know, now I'm still struggling with uh, hormone stuff. I've been on hormone replacement cause I'm trying to get pregnant and it's just really, it's crazy. because I I'm kind of jumping ahead, but like I got married last September and every time I go somewhere, people are like, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant yet? And it's like, it's like super uncomfortable. Cause obviously I know how to like, I, I've helped many women get pregnant that were told they can never get pregnant, but you know, it's like so much more than just like, Having sex, you know, and it's it's crazy because people, especially women, that have gotten pregnant really easily or don't know a lot about hormones. Like my, I think my my whole thing from parasites and just um, having a, a gluten intolerance and what I think was celiac, but now I I'm, I don't know if I still am like testing positive for that. But um, you know, removing gluten for 15 years really helped. But anyway, so that was just kind of like my my journey had started when I found that naturopath and. I worked a lot on my hormones, um, and just my diet. And then I went to nutrition school and kind of dug into that. And I felt like everybody around me was kind of on a similar path. They, you know, they were on their second careers or they really wanted to help other people or they're going through cancer or something like that. And so that's what really kind of brought me into wanting to help other people and figuring out more things about myself. And, um, yeah, I just, I literally felt like, every like food and I just didn't agree. And with a family that all we did was eat, it was really, really like struggle. And, you know, probably in the last five years, I've I've felt better than I ever have felt in my whole life. So, so yeah, I feel like I went on a tangent, but <laughs> sorry about that.
0: No, it's great. I think it's so important when people share their stories because you know, especially as health practitioners and we're out there in the world, people can sometimes see us and be like, they have everything figured out. It's like, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's a constant journey. And there's so much that you said that I resonated with. Like when you were talking about like, it's totally normal. And something that one of my friends said the other day is like common or normal doesn't mean it's okay. Like if Mm -hmm. if there are hundreds of people experiencing IBS, like there's something happening, but we consider it to be normal because a lot of people have it. Therefore it's okay.
1: It's like, Um, like, Oh, you have diarrhea. Every time you eat that, your doctor just says that's normal. Like, (laughs)
0: what? no that's really not normal that's not normal or like cycles like I have a friend um who spots in between every cycle and has for 20 years and I'm like that's not normal she's like I've been to my doctor so many times and he's like it's fine and I'm
1: like uh I mean my OBGYN you know I've now that I've I've just become more mature and understanding my body more and, and reading a lot of stuff but you know she would always just be like I always said I want to go off birth control. Like I just don't believe in it and the side effects and I already have enough issues. Like I don't need to throw any more issues and we can go on down a whole road of birth control, but I'm I'm not going to go there. But basically I was just like, she just kept trying to give me pills. And I said, do you know what I'm I'm in nutrition school. Like I don't want to take pills. And it was just like, she kept telling me that it was normal and, and I wasn't the only one and everybody, you know, has really heavy periods that are so uncomfortable. Like I would have to plan my schedule around my period probably for the last six years where I was like hunched up over in a ball and I wouldn't take Tylenol or anything because I knew how bad they are for your intestinal lining and just the side effects. So I would like just be in so much pain, like screaming, crying, like miserable um, for like two, two days for sure, every single month. And multiple people told me that was normal. Um, and so, you know, it's just crazy. And, and never did anyone tell me like, Hey, like cramping, isn't normal or having like so much blood for 24 hours is not normal. And yeah, I just had a new client the other day and she's super young and, and she hasn't had a period in 10, 10 months because of, they put her on these, this new type of um, hormone replacement and met Foreman and they told her, Oh yeah, it's okay. to not get a period. And I was like, okay. So I like, you know, now that I know so much, I'm like coaching her through that, but I'm just, my mind is continually blown that women can tell other women it's okay to have pain, cramps, no period, spotting, all these things. Like, that's not normal. That means that something else is going on. And if you're just going to take something to make it go away, that means that you're just pushing those symptoms down and, and you're not treating the symptom and figuring out, like, what's going on. Like, why, why are you bleeding out like that? Or why are you not bleeding? Or, like, you know, ovulation. Like, no one talks about ovulation. So, and anyway, I think I'm really passionate about that right now because I'm just going through it um, personally. And it's it's really it's something that most women deal with I would say like 80% of women have some kind of hormonal um, issue whatever that issue is whatever their goal is but like if you're not ovulating you're not having a healthy period like you can't be healthy it's another vital sign yes completely
0: and when you were talking about oh I think all of this requires me to tell you about vaginal steaming have you tried it do you know about this
1: I've like, seen it at like some of the Asian places where I've, got, I've gotten massages, but no, I'm not, I've never done it. Okay,
0: so you need to go to KataraLove.com. I'm going to send you this link after the show also because I'm so passionate about this. We actually just, I interviewed um, Kit, who's the founder of Qatar Love on episode 267. Oh, and. I bought a steaming kit and I did it at home for a week, but it was so gentle and like so pleasant that I thought it wasn't working. (laughs) I'm like that like nothing is happening. And I haven't I haven't ovulated in two months, which is very like not right for me and not right really not right for any any yoni-bodied human. And so I think it's really important that we understand, like you were talking about, like Western medicine and the normals, um, having things that are, I want to say, like a a very old ancient practice that humans have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, You might want to check it out just because it really helps with ovulation, imbalance in hormones, fertility, like this stuff is magic so I'll definitely send it to you it's so it's so cool
1: (laughs) yeah I just read uh I've been reading all the books but I just read uh the fifth battle sign and they talked on it a little bit and I've like seen it places but you know there's just always so many things all the time and I'm Sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't know so much because I can't even like go to the store and like find things when we were like, but but sharing these kinds of things is really eye opening because I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to that podcast today and send me all the things and I'll read about it and I'll probably order one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And
0: I've actually switched from the classic seat just to a bowl because I found the seat actually really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think it's definitely worth checking um, because like you, it sounds like, especially with hormones, we're probably on the same place. And I, I got mine just right. And just over the last three months, I had to switch thyroid medications because they didn't have like the entire world ran out with the whole pandemic. Thing. Um, yes. And yeah. I had uh, to switch I had since I was 13. Oh, and you know, when you switch your thyroid medication and they're like, it's the same dosage. I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. this is going to be a year until I get this right. So yeah,
1: thanks. Uh, yeah, that's actually really, I I, just, I had to go get it from like some other new place too because they like ran out of it and then it was like three times more. I'm like, I just want like a least the, the less natural one. But that's another thing. I'm like, I'm going to stop taking my thyroid medicine. I worked so hard to like, because you read all these people that are like, if, you know, if your thyroid's not working, it's because all these other things aren't working. And so I'm, I was like constantly, okay, I can get off of it. And so I thought I was doing really well three years ago, got off of it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, sign a book contract and getting married in the same year. Oh, I like, God. could not get out of bed. Like literally thought I was going crazy, but still getting out of bed and like still trying to work out. And then my naturopath, who's my really good friend was like, hey, you're getting something sent to your house today. It's your, it's your, you know, T4, T3 in nature, uh, nature thyroid because I don't care what you say. Like you need this. And then all of a sudden like five days later, I'm a normal person.
0: Oh, I did the same thing. Uh, Like in January of this year, I was like, I so got this. Like I, my thyroid is perfect. I can totally go off my meds. I lasted like two weeks. I was like crazy. Like mine affected my mood so incredibly much. I'd listen to a song and I'd start bawling. I like, I got bad. Like I, it got really bad. I had to go to a psychiatrist and I was like, I think I need to be put on some serious medication. And thank God on my drive home, my husband was like, have you changed anything with your anything? And I was like, well, I went off my thyroid and he's like,
1: Leanne. <laughs> I know is isn't it funny how you kind of forget. You're like, are you, are you doing anything different? You're like, no. And they're like, Oh yeah, duh, I'm doing this. Like, but I think cause we're always doing so many things, but yeah, your thyroid is a little bit important. So, uh, yeah.
0: A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There are some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced in a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, (laughs) antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the Superfood Bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now, this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. It's so important, and I I really want to touch on this too because I actually just had coffee with a friend last week who was diagnosed with Hashimoto's three years ago, and she refuses to go on medication because she doesn't want to be on medication. And I hear this a lot, and although I'm all for healing your body using herbs and vaginal steaming and like literally anything, but sometimes medication is just needed and. I, I really want to drive that home. At least, a time
1: for it, right? Like there is a time and a place for it, and 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 I tell people this about the thyroid. Like, don't feel because I used to feel super guilty. Like, why is am I working? And like, what am I doing wrong? But we have so there's so many things in our environment and in our homes and in our food systems that we cannot control. Like as much as I am super controlling about everything that I put in my body, most of the time you can't control it all the time. And so sometimes you need a little help. And that's why like Western medicine is very crucial. And there's obviously things that you can try to do. Like I've tried all the thyroid support known to man. I'm also super anemic and have never been able to get rid of my red blood cell count up no matter how much liver I eat, even though I really believe in eating organ meats, but you know, and the thyroid medicine is, is huge. So I'm all with you. Like I would tell people to get on it because it's going to change not just your life, but like your day-to-day struggles will probably feel a lot better.
0: Oh, it's night and day. I am also really anemic. How's your vitamin D? Do you have a hard time getting that up too?
1: It definitely is. Like I take way more than I even tell my patients to take. And they, uh, mine is like, like I actually just did labs last week after six months of doing some hormone stuff. And it was only at 54 and I take 10,000 IUs a day.
0: Dude, mine's at 32 and I have not oh, been able to raise it in five like years. I do a shot every, every week at 20,000 IUs.
1: Oh, you need more than that.
0: I think it's 20 or is it 50? I get really confused.
1: I would take, like, I, would I think take it's 50. and take like 10,000 a day and see what, if you can get it up. Cause 30, like that really, that really can compromise your immune system. With all this crazy stuff going on, Vitamin mean, D. did you, did you hear, um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, do you listen to her? She's a. I do. Yeah. So did you listen to the uh, podcast she did? I think it was with Joe Rogan. Um, She's actually from San Diego. She like is friends with my husband through surfing, but um, she talked about vitamin D levels and they were talking about how, you know, Mexican, Latinos, African Americans, how they were getting really hit hard by COVID. And like, they were saying, oh yeah, socioeconomic stuff, which obviously, Uh. but it, all, one thing that she said was in common across the whole board of people with darker skin because you have less melanin because you absorb um when you're in the sun you absorb less vitamin d and oh no because you have more melanin because your skin's darker you absorb less vitamin d so across the board they all had very low levels of vitamin d Isn't yes that interesting
0: so fascinating i love so that i have
1: everyone on vitamin d i mean i know there's a lot of stuff you can take right now and um, with, with COVID going on, but vitamin D is is something that everybody should be taking and should be looking at. And that's one thing I say, like a Western doctor would be like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. And then like, when I look at it, I'm like, you're not fine. <laughs> you know. So um, it's good to just be aware of those things. But yeah, anemia is is something I was born with. And my dad's a whole Italian side of the family has thalassemia. So uh, I've had like injectables, I've done I drink like the Floridex, done the Red Blood Cell Builder, all that. And the only thing that really makes me feel better is eating um, organ meats and making sure that I'm on my B vitamins.
0: Yeah, same. It's so fascinating. Like As you learn more and more about your body and more and more about health, like how quickly you're able to adjust things. And I I said the other day on Instagram, just um, on a story, my estrogen's a little bit lower than I need it to be. And I felt so empowered to be like, okay, my estrogen is a little bit low. I know exactly what to do. I don't need to ask anyone. I don't need to do any research. I just know what to do. And it feels so empowering and you feel so powerful and in control of your life. And it's, it's really the greatest gift you could ever give yourself is the determination and the commitment to your body and just working toward getting yourself into a balanced space, whatever balance may look for you in your body and your abilities in this moment. But that gift that you give yourself of understanding how a body
1: works, how your body works. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Right, it's it's so easy to like forget too, cause we're probably you're like me and you're hard on yourself, and then you're like, wait, I have all these tools and like what I just did in my day, like most people don't even know, you know, why I'm taking this herb or why I'm starting my day with this specific drink or you know why I'm adding this mineral to my soup or whatever it is. Like there there's so many tools that we've been able to learn through our health struggles, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're so we're we're definitely like blessed in that way We're Now I'm going to be vaginal steaming thinking of you.
0: Yeah. It's not something you hear every day. (laughs) Okay. So we've chatted a lot about nutrients and food. I'd love to like pick your brain on like the preventative living piece of, you know, cookware to cooking temperatures. Like my family's so bad with that. Like just burn the shit out of a steak and you're like,
1: no. Yeah. So... It's interesting that you said that. I thought you were going to say burn the shit out of the pan, but uh, like I I went to a friend's house recently and she's like, great. They're just, they do anything I say. They're like my best clients, even though they're just my friends, but they're like, you know, you know, when you feel good, people are like, like, oh my God, like you said this and I did it. It's like, wow, someone's listening. Like that's awesome. Um, And parents are the hardest for sure, family. Uh, But, you know, people just don't make a connection with like cookware. And if you're using an aluminum pan, I mean, look at the rate of, of, Alzheimer's and brain issues, brain fog, you know, cognitive issues that we're experiencing from ADD with a little kid to all the way to Alzheimer's. So aluminum, Teflon, all of those things get go right into your food. They leach right into whatever you're touching. Plus, so, so often do I see people using cookware that has scratches in it, which is crazy. Uh, I actually have like a whole blog post on cookware, but Just, you know, and right now it's like, I guess this month is supposed to be like plastic-free month, which every day should be plastic-free month, especially with women with hormonal issues. Uh, Both of us, you know, plastics are are hormone disruptors, so uh, remove plastic, try to use it as, as little as you can, not only just for us, but for the environment. I love just, you know, using mason jars, using glass Tupperwares that you can now get like everywhere, and they're totally affordable. I love stasher bags, which are silicone bags. I don't cook with them. I know you can, but I'm still a little sketched out by silicone going in my food. Uh, but I love storing stuff in them and freezing stuff in them. And I use cast iron, and then I have a couple like European ceramic um, dishes. But the thing with ceramic, sometimes they have like a Teflon lining. So if you're gonna buy some ceramic, just read like. Go on their website and read about it and make sure they don't have anything because sometimes they, they need a the coating. But if you're using a well like seasoned cast iron, it's pretty much my go-to. What about you? I'm all for.
0: Uh, so I live on a boat, so it's a little bit different oh, because what? cast iron ruins. Like you can't have a cast iron on the ocean. <laughs> like
1: uh, you have to like season it five times a day.
0: Well, yeah, it just doesn't work. So for oven stuff, I have all stainless steel. I hope that's good. I did research on it and it looked pretty good and it doesn't rust because rust is a really big problem. and We consume a lot of rust on the boat. Um, and then for my pots and pans, um, they're ceramic, non-teflon coated pans, pots and pans. And like we, so the problem with living on a boat that I've come into contact with is there's no way to get water that hasn't been in plastic. Like All of our water is stored in a big plastic jug in the boat that's very clean. I sanitize it every six months. So it's like UV-filtrated, reverse osmosis, remineralized water, blah, blah. But there's still the plastic piece. And my body has reacted to that. And so, eh, whatever. Like, I think also you need to, like, pick your battles. And, like, there's nothing I can do about this.
1: Well, if you're not on a boat, (laughs) you you can be a little more choosy with your water. Yeah. I'm super water. We could talk about water for like a year, but I like the plastic, like just like not heating things in plastic and not cooking things in plastic and, and storing things in plastic, especially if your kids, like I see it all the time and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the but, saran yeah. wrap over top of the, oh I know. God. But what about I can't. people cook things in aluminum? Like I watch like people, especially, I feel like it's kind of a guy thing, like wrapping some like stuff in aluminum and throwing on the barbecue or yes. throwing we were just camping and all the boys were like doing that. And I buy like the hippie aluminum, but like still, you, you don't just use parchment paper or just put it on a baking sheet, a stainless steel baking sheet. So yes, cookware. Okay. So preventative living to me is the biggest thing that I think most people overlook because nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them obviously we feel different because we've, we've had the struggles already, but I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many, I probably get one or two cancer referrals a week. And once you've had cancer, you probably have a lot of other, or you usually have a lot of other things going on. So it's not just like, okay, we're going to like help with your nutrition. I'm going to look at your lab work and we're going to go from there. It's like, whoa 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 like we literally need to do all the labs and you know look at your home and what the toxic what your toxic load is and all these things so I mean I'm just constantly telling people like don't you want it like if you don't have your health you have nothing you can't even have any fun you know like if you don't aren't healthy like it's 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 life is really shitty sorry to say that but it's kind of true so um don't wait until you're sick to make changes for you and your family um i see so many sick little kids and it starts from what they're eating at home and you know the amount of sugar sugar is the the biggest thing that i i feel like people just have no you know connection with they're eating drinking these sugary drinks even though they're organic or whatever and then so that that's huge Is just like being a little bit more cognitive of I'm making healthy lifestyle choices now. I do not use, like to use the word diet or, you know, all these like food trends that are going on. And, you know, that's something with my book that I was kind of struggling with the word keto on the cover because I think people think that keto is, or people assume that keto is just, like I said before, like fat cheese wrapped in bacon and that you have to log your food and you have to be super strict. And my whole book's philosophy is anti inflammatory living. So if you can you know every single day do a little bit more to reduce your inflammation you are going to already be hacking that preventative living that i was talking about so um you mentioned earlier like what have i done to reduce my inflammation um, and, and i just want to touch on inflammation really fast because i think people think like oh i'm not inflamed and it's like do you have eczema do you have Uh, you know, do you get bloated after eating? Do you have pain? Like all of those are inflammatory responses that's happening in the body. So just because, you know, you have perfect skin, but maybe you have diarrhea after eating, like that's inflammation. So I've never met a person that doesn't have inflammation. So if you can, and cancer, that's an inflammatory disease, right? So I think that, that people need to understand like, okay, we all have inflammation and how do we combat that?
0: I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yes, completely. How inflammation shows in my body is psoriasis. Any Anytime Ooh. I have just the slightest bit of corn, cornstarch, any grains, I get psoriasis on the like Crown of my scalp. Huh.
1: Have oh. you had that for a long time?
0: Oh, since I was little, but psoriasis was like all over my body. It was so bad. And I didn't know until probably five years ago where I was like, oh, every time I eat grains, I get psoriasis. So I always know if I've like overdone it. Like if we eat out and I can be so careful, but then the next day I'm like itching my scalp and it hurts so bad yeah. and it's like, oh, it's terrible but you know, you go to a doctor and they're like, yeah, just use this shampoo. It's
1: fine. Yeah. Use this like horrible cream that has all these other side effects. It's going to like overtake your liver. Um, I have, I have a couple of things I'll send you that really have helped my, my, uh, clients with psoriasis that are like great tools. You probably already have them in your, in your toolkit, but I'll send it to you just that.
0: I will happily receive. I will (laughs) happily
1: receive. Um, so, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> so I, was, I was just going to say the skin stuff to me is really interesting because a lot, so many people, especially women have skin stuff and they never like your skin is your largest organ and women don't relate like things that are going in, on inside the body with the outside of the body, which is super interesting. And so like psoriasis or acne or maybe some rashes going on like that, your skin is like, you're deep, like it's detoxing from the inside out. So there's something else going on inside. Like for you, it's your, your, you know, your digestion is affecting your skin. And so it's creating that inflammatory response. So it's really interesting when I try to explain that to people, because like a light bulb goes off, you know, putting a cream, a cream on the outside isn't going to really fix what's going on in the inside. And so that's something that like repairing the gut intestinal lining and, you know, doing an elimination diet and, just figuring out what foods are, are causing that reaction. Cause most people don't realize that like one food is making them feel X way. And that's really hard. So I love, that's like one thing I'm like, okay, if you get a migraine, I, I've been getting, I keep getting client or people that are reaching out that have migraines. I just had one yesterday and I was like, okay, well, every time you get that migraine write down like, like the last 24 hours of food, and we're going to start to make a connection. And they're like, Oh, it doesn't, it's not related to food. I'm not, I don't have a food allergy. That's always just like so interesting to me. Have you had that come up at all?
0: Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. all the time, especially with my husband. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, it's so oh,
0: fascinating <laughs> to like witness his relationship to his body because he's never really, quote unquote, had any problems.
1: Same, same,
0: uh, okay. and to like watch, you know, like for uh, probably like the last couple weeks, he's been like having a lot of gastrointestinal issues. And I know that he's really sensitive to coffee. And I've told him this a bazillion times and, you know, he'll stop with coffee and then he'll start again. And then he'll, you know, be running to the bathroom directly after drinking coffee. And I'm like, so how are you feeling? He's like, I'm fine. I'm like, yep. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what about coffee? He's like, no, I'm not allergic to it. I'm like, okay. It's Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, like oh. sometimes, yeah, I've had that. I've had family. I've had clients. I've had a lot of people just say, "Well, it can't possibly be food." And I don't think it's, it's not them thinking this. It's like the medical community and <laughs> improper training. Uh, like think of health class as a child and what we learned in health <laughs> class. Like it was a total the food,
1: joke. The food just eat grains
0: and <laughs> exactly in Canada it was something different. We had a oh, pyramid right. for like the first couple of years, but then we upgraded to something else and I honestly couldn't tell you what it is.
1: <laughs> Some other type of food pyramid.
0: <laughs> yeah. There were lots of grains and a lot of dairy. And so, yeah, just understanding what's what feels good in your body is so incredibly important and people don't make the connection. And that's that's one of the reasons I got started with Healthful Pursuit and sharing what I did way back in... Two, when did I start the blog? 2008 of like... Oh, wow it's been a while my friend (laughs) of like really trying to show people like if you're having symptoms like this is not normal and you know the pain and the inflammation and all these things this is not normal and here's what it can feel like and it's an it's an ever shifting experience you know like everything we've chatted about today it's not like You change one thing and all of a sudden you've reached the peak and then it's easy and all the things and it's a constant evolution. And I think at first when I got started with nutrition, I was really overwhelmed uh, getting diagnosed with celiac disease when I was like 20 and I was like, uh, I don't care and I don't know and this doesn't impact me. I don't care. It can be really overwhelming to make big changes. And that's why, and total segue to your amazing book, can you tell us about your book because I think it really helps connect people with the pleasures of food the knowledge of nutrition I'd love to spend some time you just sharing your beautiful masterpiece
1: thank you oh yeah you know you know firsthand how hard a book is and it's kind of like I mean I don't have any kids so it's kind of like my first child so so I said when I was reading those Amazon reviews it was like a knife in my chest but um you know I wrote this book because I love to eat. I love food. I love everything that has to do with food. Like we talked about just family and friends and, you know, just creating something that you love that you could share. And, you know, Mexican food is across the board. I think something that everybody loves and it's actually ancestral. Like if you look at what Mexicans were eating for the last couple hundred years, it actually is pretty keto. So wild fish and game and just lots of veggies from the garden, lard, um, butter, things like that. And, you know, tortillas and beans and grains, that's kind of like a new age thing. It's more of a Americanized, like a lot of the Mexican food you see in America is definitely not what they're eating. Uh, Unfortunately now, because the United States, we've really poured over our bad habits to over the border and created this sugar laden, carb heavy diet. And so I really I worked with a lot of people with diabetes and obesity. I worked in uh, you know, a place where we only saw people that were really struggling with metabolic syndrome. Um, and just I kept seeing a common theme. Like I would see 30 to 40 people in a day for nutrition and they would see the cardiologist and the doctor, and then they'd see me. And I kept seeing the same thing. Like people didn't know what to eat. It was so overwhelming and so my whole goal of my book was to make food attainable, make people be able to understand like where inflammatory foods come from and what that means, you know, how to make tasty, delicious food really simple. And then you can kind of create your own from that. So the book is compromised of uh, lots of nutrition, little tidbits. So if you if you do read through it, like you're gonna get some some basically a lot of free info of my years and years of studying on myself and others and reading and learning. So uh, make sure you take that in because I think a lot of people I, I've just gotten so many notes from people saying they've read my whole book and it was like a, a you know an eye-opening experience. They they were so scared of fat. And you know, through the 90s we were we were pushing low fat. And you know, fat not only has the flavor, that's where the taste is, but it has so much of the nutrients and a lot of the low fat, fat free foods are just so like you have to make it taste good. So they're just filled with sugar. So I talk about that. I talk about, you know, how to use that in the kitchen and oxidation and all those things that happen when you're, you know, and just, just ways to cook in the kitchen and little hacks. And then, um, it's filled with tons of vegetables, tons of seafood, meat. So if you're vegetarian, you, the book is great for you too. Um, definitely if you're like a super strict vegan, it might be a little bit hard, uh, that's not something i promote and i see a lot of people with issues that struggle with that but you know the whole ketogenic mexican cooking is just a high fat anti-inflammatory food you know w- ways to cook food and i do have a little chapter in the back that i named noah's keto because i couldn't write a keto book without having some like you know some of my grandma's recipes like like rice where i have one with rice and one with cauliflower rice i have like a bean recipe I have like a super yummy quesadilla with like squash and hibiscus um, flowers, and like some enchiladas and things like that. But I I give ways to, you know, use maybe an alternative tortilla, which I have a recipe for that uses coconut flour and cassava. And yeah, like the whole book is very simple recipes. There's nothing that's, you know, too difficult. And I like, I love cookbooks. I love cooking. I have so many books and sometimes I feel really overwhelmed when I, I open a book and um, I don't have a, one of the ingredients, or when um, something is harder, I don't understand it, and so I normally would never pick that book up again. And so that was my goal: is that if you pick my book up and you read it, you you have you'll have or like you know most all of the ingredients, and once you cook all my recipes, it's so simple and so satisfying that you'll want to cook more. And that's like a lot of the feedback I've been getting. So I'm super stoked that like I was able to create that across. Um, all of the different chapters. I have tons of little snacks and salad dressings and sauces that are like go-to's. And I am assuming you probably meal prep too. Like meal prep, is, spe- is something not only good for just busy people, but like families. And you know, we're all super busy in our own ways. Whether you're working at a desk job or you just have a family to feed. So um, I'm constantly making a bunch of sauces and dressings because then when you are eating dinner or lunch or whatever you're eating, you feel like you're eating all these like a kind of complex meal, but you already made those sauces and dressings or protein already ahead of time. And so I talk a lot about that too.
0: It is such an epic quest to undergo <laughs> creating a book, <laughs> especially a good book. And like, I just want to say mad kudos to you for creating this because like, especially going off your thyroid medication and also getting married and like all the things like I I did not appreciate how how much time energy and like your heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, everything is put into this masterpiece. And, um, just to hear you talk about it, like you can tell how much attention you put into everything. And I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate that because it's like, such a big deal so congratulations
1: you know, isn't it crazy though like you go into a store or like you go into a boutique and they're like books everywhere and you're like well all these people did it like why it can't be that hard and like I mean it took me probably I would say two almost three years to even get someone to even read my proposal because they're like oh you don't have 500,000 followers on Instagram and you're not a model or you're not a <laughs> that be like no one's gonna buy your book, and like literally, I had I would go and do presentations like a family friend knew someone, or this person knew someone, and it was like I mean, it was just like I. Well, the one thing I learned in this is never give up, especially like I was like, all I want to do is help people live a healthier life. Like, why is this so hard? It, I mean, it, as you know, it's just yeah, it's like your baby, and then people are like, oh, like nobody wants to read this or nobody wants <laughs> to this. Or, anyway, it was just it's, yeah, it's such a humbling experience, but, you know, I put my head down, and I, I knew I had good intentions, and that I was going to help a lot of people, and in a very tasty way, and so it, it happened, so I really appreciate um, your kind words, because most people don't understand what goes into a book, and that's why when you get one star from not having nutritional content, you're like, dude, do you even know, like, my <laughs> like, life, and it's not like, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I do appreciate that, and I yeah, I just hope that I can help more people and that your audience finds my book, um, you know, helpful in their journey and tasty because food is so awesome and so we're so blessed to be able to like share food with loved ones and prepare these healthy but tasty meals. And yeah, couldn't agree more. And where can people find your book? So it's on Amazon, just the Mexican Keto Cookbook. And unfortunately, due to COVID, like I have it in tons of you know bookstores and um little boutiques and stuff in a lot of areas but right now i think just amazon is the the easiest place and it's only 13 dollars right now on amazon and if you can leave me a review reviews help so much i you probably know the same thing like it's yep. the paid advertising stuff which i can't compete with like reviews just help so much they help immensely like so 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 much. i never knew that and so now i'm like reviewing everybody in their every, every product that like i love and like you even like for me too, like if I didn't like a product or I would just write the person and be like, you know, this is what happened, but I would never like write this super mean thing on their thing. So positive. Let's keep positive.
0: (laughs) I love that. You know, um, I'm so not that person. If I don't like something, I'll be nice about it, but it's something I've really tried in my own, like mental wellness, because I'm such a people pleaser of like, Uh, it's really important for me now to be like, I didn't like this book because of these reasons, but I really, really appreciate it because of these reasons. It just wasn't the book for me because of these reasons. And I think like, if I read a review as an author of that, it's like, okay, cool. Like clearly this wasn't the right book for you. Yeah, And that's okay. Yeah. But it's like the hateful ones, like this person deserves to die. And it's like, what?
1: We're, yeah, like, you, are you, like are you even Mexican like you, you're probably not even Mexican like none of these recipes are Mexican and I was like do you want like to see my DNA like I'm just
0: <laughs> oh it's too great and it really really helps us learn more about ourselves for sure with every right. review that I used to read it was like oh okay how could I take this differently and what work can I do on this and um, it's definitely an experience writing a book and such a unique experience and I really appreciate all the work you put into yours um um, and for coming on the show today, Tori, thank you so much for hanging out with me.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so like happy to connect and I love all of your work and I'm kind of sad that you kind of went off Instagram because I to like love reading all your stuff, but I get it. I get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been
0: quite freeing. I mean, I go on there every couple weeks, but it's not like it was before and I actually have so much more time to like not care about what other people are doing on Instagram. Time
1: sucks for sure.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, we we will have you back anytime you would like. Thank you. Thanks again for coming on the show today. If you want to learn more about how to dedicate yourself to this work without getting totally disordered with it, head on over to happyketobody.com where I share lots on how to do that. It's a whole 12-week course. Super fabulous. And again, if you want to connect with Tori, you can go to the Okay, enjoy your day and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the keto diet podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the keto diet podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more keto for women secrets for your fat fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yetchi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yetchi. That's Y-E-C-H-I.